take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day. How did people know when I was nervous when I was in school? Answer. My sentences that went from my brain to my mouth suddenly became very intense. Thought of the day comes from historical fiction writer E.L. Doctorow. The act of composition is a series of discoveries. Welcome to the 20th episode. Thank you for joining me today. Today I am talking about the international classification of functioning disability and health. This is also known as the ICF model. The ICF model was developed by the World Health Organization and it was published by the WHO in 2001. The ICF framework can be used in collaborative practice and person-centered care. According to the Speech and Language Hearing Association, the first area of functional and disability components include body functions and structures. The second area is activity and participation levels. The contextual factors include the outside environment such as family, government agencies, laws, and cultural beliefs. Personal contextual factors include race, gender, age, education levels, and coping styles. The World Health Organization underlines the widespread perception that those with physical impairments or visual impairments tend to be less excluded from society. People with cognitive or communication or behavioral difficulties tend to be more marginalized. This is the theory of hierarchy of impairments. It is a pecking order which is active both on the inside amongst less disabled people themselves and also among non-disabled people. According to the Journal of Speech and Language Pathology, which I will include in the show notes, it is a specifically important factor for people managing disabilities to have university expertise in psychology, linguistics, health sciences, and perhaps disability areas like special education and other levels of therapies and treatments. Speaking of higher education, the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed by President George Bush in 1990. I graduated from high school in May of 1991. 
one of the ways I found out about the Americans with Disabilities Act was through visiting Marist College in the summer of 1990. It is located halfway between New York City and Albany, New York. It is in the town of Poughkeepsie, which is near Hyde Park, New York. Hyde Park was the birthplace, summer home, and burial site for Franklin Dona Roosevelt. He was the 32nd President of the United States, serving four terms from 1933 to his death in 1945. He also contracted polio in 1921, which paralyzed his legs. Despite the history that surrounded it, for me, Marist College was a second choice. My first choice was Seton Hall University in South Orange, New Jersey. In high school, I was a big fan of Seton Hall University basketball and the Seton Hall Pirates. They made several appearances in the NCAA basketball tournament in the 1990s. Their head coach, PJ Carlissimo, was the 1988 and 1989 Big East Basketball Conference Coach of the Year. P.J. Carlissimo would later become a coach in the NBA. My interest in attending Seton Hall University plummeted, though, because I got accepted on a conditional basis because my SAT scores were just 800. I could attend my first year at Seton Hall University at full price, but I would only be taking remedial classes for the first year. I was frankly insulted by the fact that I wasn't accepted as a full student despite my efforts to show classroom progress, and eventually graduating high school with honors and advanced honors. I didn't want to waste my time and my parents' time and money and get no credit for it. After that, when I visited Marist College, the Office of Special Services otherwise known as the Disability Services Office. Staff members repeatedly talked to me about different levels of academic and community support. I was surprised at the note-taking options and tutoring and test-taking options. I had limited support in those areas in high school because of the competitive nature of the high school. I attended. There was not PBIS in high school for me, otherwise known as Positive Behavioral Institutional Supports. The most institutional supports I got from high school was when most of my classes were located on the first floor. 
I did get some other forms of positive behavioral supports, but without the right to even ask for reasonable accommodation, I was often left to one-on-one -on -one discussions with my teachers about test taking. In many situations, more time was perceived as giving me a competitive advantage, even though teachers could plainly see the many physical disadvantages I had. The times I was given extra time were often away from other students. This time away from other students was often during physical education or recess to limit the perception of the unfair advantage. There were a number of cases when I got extra time in front of other students, but the other students often ended up arguing with me or the teacher. In a few cases, other frustrated students took the paper away from me and also tore it up. Therefore, I had to retake the test at another time again. Because I was already breaking the rules just by being in a competitive high school and the only person with a disability, I really couldn't articulate or negotiate what I needed. Especially when I was the only one with the lowest level of physical ability and that I had the highest number of impairments. In this week's rope or rite of passage experiences, I want to talk about my first experiences at Marist College and how they relate to articulation. Even when visiting Marist, I saw and talked to other students with disabilities who were upperclassmen. I had never had access or exposure to other kids with physical dis disabilities as a student. Some of the upperclassmen who also had crutches and walkers gave me advice and information. One of the things I hadn't thought about before going to college was that everyone was more helpful because we were all trying to figure out different challenges. One of the distinct memories I had in the first week of college was that people kept asking me if the elevator was broken. I was confused the first few times why people would ask me if the elevator was broken until I realized they didn't expect me to just use the stairs. But I didn't have access to an elevator in elementary school or high school. So I just used the stairs without thinking about it. One of the Marist College staff members called me into his office after seeing me use the stairs and just simply asked me, why don't you use the stairs? I thought about it for a minute and just said I didn't want to separate or be separated from my friends. 
he said, they see your disability, so there's nothing to explain. After realizing that, I started taking the elevator and sometimes took the stairs, but it was my choice. In college, I also took an introduction to psychology class where I learned about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The first basic needs are physiological, like food, water, warmth, and rest. The second set of needs are safety and security. The third level of needs are belonging and love. They are comprised of friendship and relationships. The next level up is self-esteem and the highest part of Maslow's hierarchy is the self-actualization which includes reaching your potential. In another college experience I was taking an art class. I got introduced to George Seurat and pointillism. George Seurat was a French artist. Pointillism is the technique of painting which small dots of color are used and applied in patterns to form a larger image. I became fascinated by this because the image didn't change, only the viewer's perspective changed. Growing up, I felt very much like people viewed me as uncoordinated and unorganized like those dots. But if people really saw and understood how coordinated and organized my dots were, they would better understand me. For me, the dots represented millions of experiences and processes that were blended together. Years later, I would use that experience of understanding tiny dots with Nickelodeon. The TV screen has compositions of small dots or pixels that make up a larger image. Later, I would take that experience to my career as a web developer and later a project manager. It was also as a project manager that I would take the word articulate and turn it into smaller processes and coordinated pieces. Art is the process of design or formation. Tick is the reminder that any project or process takes time and is always measured against the clock. You represents the person or people that are involved in the process. Late is a reminder of the consequences of timing. Articulate is both a simple and complex word depending on how you look at it. My evolving goal with this podcast 
is not only to increase understanding, but also help parents reach an individual and universal goal using the acronym ABCDE. It stands for Articulate Better Code for Disability Engagement. How can you articulate better code for disability engagement in your life? How will you use speech and language pathologists and other professionals to reach your articulate plan? How could you use your friends, family, or community to increase activity and participation levels? Is there a word or process that you could break into smaller detail? I hope you enjoyed the 20th episode and did some social emotional learning during this episode. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Always will.